This is J. Jonah Jameson, publisher of the Daily Bugle, and you are listening to a bunch of degenerates glorify a masked menace. Turn this podcast off and listen to NASA's Gravity Assist podcast, where they talk about real heroes like my son, John. Ladies and gentlemen, the spectacular Spider-Man! Face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. Otto Octavius was weak. Call me Dr. Octopus. From now on, we're poison to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. We're Venom! Green Goblin doesn't take orders from insects. The Green Goblin swaps them into oblivion. Oh, you better not get your goop in my hair. Spider-Man! Threat or menace? Someone is so getting the look. Tell me there's something better. Go ahead, try. Welcome back, Spectacular fans. This is Greg Vashansky, the host of Spectacular Radio, and we are once again being joined by the supervising producer and story editor of the series, Mr. Greg Wiseman. Hello. And I'm very happy that we are being joined by the voice of J. Jonah Jameson and John Jameson himself, Mr. Darren Norris. You are correct, sir. Hey there. Hey, I'm, we're, we are so happy to have you here. Here every, every time we have a voice actor on or any guest on, it's always a special event. But your Jameson is just so... We're going to talk about that as we go on, but it is such a pleasure to have you here. So um, we're going to start by throwing the first question to you. We're here to talk about the episode First Steps. Yeah, oh, growing pains. great growing, episode. Growing Pains, actually, I meant Growing Pains. Growing Pains, yeah. My yeah. mistake, which is... Not at I, all. Which obviously showcases you very heavily, and um, but but tell but I've heard before you even started doing the show. J. Jonah Jameson was your favorite character. How did you get into the character, and how did you get into voice acting? Oh boy, oh boy, that's those are two good questions. <sighs> uh, to answer the second one first, I sort of fell backward into voice acting. I was doing a lot of on camera stuff, and. Uh, uh, I was doing some improv shows, and uh, a friend of mine had started doing animation, uh, working animation voiceover, and he said, Darren, you got to do this. You're going to kill at this. I went, yeah, 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 okay, okay. And I did nothing about it, of course. And then uh, a few months went by, and he, and he grabbed me by the lapels and said, I'm not telling you you should do this. I'm telling you you have to do this. So I, I just pursued it, and, uh, and uh, yeah, all these, it just, everything just fell into line very, very quickly. And, uh, so that's how that happened. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I used to collect the uh, Spectacular Spider-Man comic books uh, from uh, the time I was, I don't know how old, but um, I have issues 150-something oh, through. You know, I've got some issues, mister, and I'll work them out with you, whether you have input or not. <laughs> but anyway, and then I love the old cartoon, the original cartoon, the, you know, so, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was just, he's such a great character and, uh, you know, uh, JK Simmons did such a terrific job on the, uh, in the films and other stuff, but, uh, uh, yeah, just really to be involved with the project as at all, uh, was uh, a, a real hoot and man what a cast wow what a cast we had yeesh oh the cast is phenomenal i mean i remember when the when the voice casting was beginning to leak and i saw darren norris that's J. Jonah jameson hey that guy was vincent in the cowboy bebop movie he's awesome 
<laughs> exactly. All right, Space Cowboy. Yeah. All right, and um, Greg, you've said before that this episode, the Colonel Jupiter episode, is based on the very first comic you have ever read. So, I mean, Colonel Jupiter seems like an unusual choice for an episode of uh, Spider-Man, but I was really happy you did it. And how did that come about? Uh, you know, that story always stuck with me. I mean, for a number of reasons. Obviously, it, uh, not in our series, but in the comics, it also happens to be the first uh, issue where Peter actually meets Mary Jane Watson. Um, so it's sort of historic on that level, because that's the face it, Tiger. You just hit the jackpot. And, uh, but on top of that, just the character and the, the pathos of John Jameson and his relationship to his father uh, always really struck me. And what was great about Darren, it, it's tough to compliment him when he's actually here. Uh, Isn't it? But what's great about Darren is he brought so many nuances to Jonah beyond the, I mean, there's the obvious comedy that we get out of the character and the bluster and all that stuff, but Darren found all these great nuances with the character and then did this great job in a season one episode where um, Jonah and John go to uh, a dinner together. And the two of them playing off each other was just so much fun um, that I thought, well, let's really give Darren, you know, something to to shine with here, and of course he rose to the occasion. It's just, it's. I watched it again last night uh, to remind myself. Um, and honestly, Darren, it's just such great stuff. Everything from Jonah is so funny and yet heartbreaking. Um, and John starts out as such this great sort of Boy Scout. Uh, well, what do you know? Maybe being a superhero is kind of fun. Um, <laughs> and they make a great team um, and yet you watch his descent into madness here and it's just it's great stuff and I always thought that story had that potential it, it did I'm glad and I'm glad you did it it was a story I'd read it before this episode but it was one of those one-off stories I'd forgotten about say for the Mary Jane moment that I immediately went back to my trades and reread it after this episode aired and I'm really glad, he, I mean, not many, many people know the Colonel Jupiter story. I'm really glad you ended up doing it. And and it's just such a great episode. And I just love the way Jameson developed over the course of the show. It was very much a slow burn for him. I mean, with him, I mean, he starts out as just seemingly, seeming to be only this really blustering guy. And then we begin to see more levels to him. But even his hatred for Spider-Man slowly builds up. By the time this episode is over... I believe that this guy is capable of, say, funding Spider Slayers or funding the Scorpion. Before this episode, not so much, but after this episode. Now, I'm not saying... Yeah, that's... Go on? That's kind of the idea. You know, we wanted Jonah's motivation for disliking Spider-Man to be more than just this kind of irrational hatred. And even the motivation, as much as I love what Stan and Steve and... John did in the comics that he there's this motivation that um, from the comics that Jonah 
hates Spider-Man because he knows that Spider-Man's better than he is. And that never really sold mm. to me either. Uh, to me, it, it's much more personal. I mean, he's got sort of economic biases against Spider-Man at the beginning because painting him as a menace helps sell papers and that kind of thing. But it's yeah, really precisely, yeah, yeah. As this guy, you know, embarrasses him a couple times, um, which is really Peter just, you know, not being able to talk back to Jonah, but able as Spider-Man to talk back to Jonah. Um, and, hey, if I'm going to save Jonah's life from Rhino, I might be able to do it in a way that embarrasses Jonah just a little bit. Um, uh, you know, not let him get hurt, but, hey, you know, I can... I, I can, uh, you know, web him up to the ceiling and that'll be fun. Um, and that kind of thing that creates a, a antipathy between the two characters, but, um, but the, the kind of, I, you know, to get Jonah to the place where we were going to go in season three and forward, where Jonah's actually, you know, um, helping bad guys, to get Spider-Man, mm-hmm. that had to come there. That couldn't just be Jonah's a bad guy. It had to, because he's not. Um, you know, he gives Peter the tomato juice suggestion in an early episode, because um, he's been uh-huh. he, Peter may be a punk kid who doesn't know what's good for him, but, you know, Jonah has some sympathy for him. You know, if when Jonah finds out that Aunt May had a heart attack, he doesn't sort of fob that off on... Uh, Robbie or something like that. No, he's going to try and call Peter himself, and and because he's a, a, a decent guy deep down. Um, but you know, both uh, one of his great strengths and one of his weak points is his love for his son. And I, you know, I can relate to that. Um, you know, this was ten years ago. We just had a great tenth anniversary reunion party uh, this past weekend, which you missed, Darren. I know I was not able to go. I'm, I'm, I blame myself. I was trying hard to get there, and I, there was just no way to do it. So. Oh, I was going to ask right. you about yeah, that in a bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's been 10 years. My son is turning 21 uh, next week, but he was a little moly. and I could, you know, I could relate to that feeling of, uh, you know, how much you care for your kid, how much you want him to do well, how much you want to protect him. My daughter as well, same thing. You know, it, you really get a sense of that um, out of Jonah. And, and, and then again, you know, we still, what I love about this episode is that despite the fact that from Jonah's point of view, this is a pretty serious episode, he's still got all these great lines. I mean, uh, you know, there's this great moment where, the, where Pete, they're going to the bugle and Pete asks to hitch a ride in the cab and Jonah's like, Fine, come on, we'll split the fare. You know? I love that. <laughs> uh huh. Well, all the, yeah, well, all the heavy stuff is yeah. And when he's choosing the name for John's superhero identity, um, uh, Captain Mass. No, that, uh, that's too. Uh, I forget exactly what he said. But it, uh, and, and strong man. No, too generic. <coughs> got a Colonel. Uh, Colonel Jupiter. That's the. One, you know? <laughs> It does have it does have a certain uh, for, pizzazz to it. <laughs> and we came up with that Colonel Jupiter name. Um, I think I did. It might have been Nicole. 
Uh, the writer of the episode was Nicole Dubuque. Um, yeah, yeah. And, <coughs> excuse me, and because uh, the, the character was never named in the comics. Um, right, yeah. Funny to me that now everybody refers to that character as Colonel Jupiter. I'm like, oh, the one episode of our show. <laughs> it's nice uh, that it's great to have an impact i mean usually when people think of john jameson they think of the man wolf and um I was yes just exactly yeah yeah i was just as happy i was happier to see colonel jupiter get done and it's i mean i'm not saying i'm not asking if man wolf was on the horizon or not but colonel jupiter was just such a fun out there idea and i really love how this episode starts out kind of light and then takes such a significantly dark turn i mean the tone by the episode is over is much different than the start of the episode i mean you almost don't it's a, it's like a it's like it reels you in and then it hooks you onto something else entirely that's a bad analogy well, but you know was, what i mean <laughs> no it's our, not bad at all this was part of our trio of episodes where every episode had a framing device so last episode there were the video clips and um i think next episode is uh play rehearsals, um, I can't quite remember. Oh, no, next episode's interviews. Interviews. Yeah. Um, but oh, this yeah. episode had all these great Shakespeare auditions, and that was Nicole, um, I mean, pandering to me, without a doubt, uh, but searching through um, all the canon of Shakespeare to find these great moments that reflect on what's going on in the episode. Um, so it's got, I, I just sort of love the the tone of it. And there's a lot of great, uh, you know, we introduce, uh, or not introduce, but we meet uh, St. John Devereaux, and we've got a great scene of Hobie's about to audition and is once again silenced, this time by Flash, and a lot of stuff with Harry and Gwen. And then, of course, the big, this is one of the few episodes we have that really kind of ends on a cliffhanger where Venom bursts into the Daily Planet and Daily Planet, Daily Bugle, and uh, <clears throat> Peter is Spider-Man. I loved that moment. And that was one of those moments that made me think, why didn't we ever do that in the comic book, ever? Uh, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm glad you did that. Uh, missed opportunity, perhaps. Yeah, it would make sense for a villain like Venom to do that i mean he's just i mean especially the way you've built venom up i mean we'll obviously talk more about venom's ultimate goals and plans here in, during the next recording but that scene especially when he where he's burning down an apartment building just to get at spider-man granted it ends up drawing out colonel jupiter but what i like here is that this venom has no it doesn't care about protecting innocent people because that came out of nowhere in the comics. I felt just to soften the character to make him more marketable. Yeah, I mean, you know, they wanted to turn... Venom was so popular, they kind of wanted to turn him into an anti-hero instead of a villain. Um, and I'm not saying we would have gone long-term if we'd gotten more than two seasons, but uh, for us, you know, he was still very much, you know, defined by Eddie's psychosis and the symbiotes. Uh, hatred of Peter, so um, it sort of played out the way. We sort of let the characters run, and they kind of tell us what they'll do next. <laughs> that's, that's a really good way to put it. That's yeah, the, that's a really good way to put it. 
That's what the best shows do when the characters tell you what they want. And uh, this one's mm-hmm. for, and Darren, this one's for you. You've worked with a lot of talented actors on this show and on other shows. What was it like? Well, I'm old with... now. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Not what was it like? By the way, with... Darren, I, I haven't talked to you in a while, but I yes, love iZombie. I love iZombie. Oh, cool. That's a good show, man. That's a really good show. You are so much fun on that show. Um, I didn't the <laughs> top clip on Veronica Mars, but dude. Oh, they did, and you know that's that's the creators. That's Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero and and Dan Etheridge, and uh, you know um, because Rob, uh, we did the pilot you know, years ago now, but uh, and Rob basically wrote that role for me uh, as the as Johnny Frost, the uh, weatherman, which now became the newscaster, and. Uh, yeah, it's just there's a scene coming up in this fourth season where I, th- I think it's probably the funniest on-camera scene I've ever been in, and they literally they bring me in for comic relief and they give me all this great stuff to do, and you know I've got those great big goofy teeth in. It's just it's pure joy. I mean it's it's a lot of work, but uh, it's really fun. And the cast man that show is that show is just great. Yeah, I love it. I watch. I haven't seen any of this season yet because that's a show that I watch with my kids and my son's in college and my daughter lives in Washington, D.C. All right. So I have to actually yeah. to watch until they come home and visit. Oh, just wait. I, I'm not sure which, uh, the, what, three have run already. I think I'm in episode uh, 406 and then uh, then not again for a while. But um, it's kind of, oh, man, it's a, I know we're off on a tangent here, but um, it's re- just wait. Just It's super super funny so uh, but you know I was going to talk about uh, what you were talking about Greg about uh, uh, the nuance and, uh, and and the character and stuff and uh, and thank you that's that's a huge compliment uh, and I just wanted to to mention that uh, I'll, you know a lot of that a good portion of the credit goes to to, uh, to Jamie Thomason uh, our director for really you know not being satisfied with good enough uh but to really pull those nuances out and and really he's a real actor's director and uh i just i really 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 enjoyed working with him on that show uh and all of you i mean it's such a great company and such a great experience so and uh and you're the yes you're right the uh it could very well just be one note blustery blow hard uh you know, jerk. Uh, and he's not, he's not, he does have a heart. And I think what you mentioned about, yeah, he he is actually kind to Peter. I think he appreciates the hustle that, that Peter shows. And, uh, and I think he's, I think he tests him, you know, I think he sees, okay, how, how far can I push this kid before he breaks or will he break? You know, uh, it's a real, it's a very interesting dynamic. And I think it was really explored really well in this show. So hats off to you for that. Indeed, but I, as I was about that, what was it like working with yourself, playing these two different people, just having all these long conversations with one another? Oh, you know, that's, um, I think that's one of the joys of, of doing uh, anime, of, of <coughs> voice acting. Uh, you would, I would never get to do that on iZombie, let's face it, you know, or any other TV show. Uh, 
but in animation, you can. You have these opportunities. And um, you know, I've, I did uh, Fairly Odd Parents for 15 years, and I did three of the main characters in that show. And I'm talking to myself all the time <laughs> in that. And uh, so I think there was probably some facility with it already. But it's a great challenge. It's a, it's really fun to completely shift gears. And I know that we did some uh, where I would go from from uh, Jay Jonah back to John, and then we do other passes. It was just John or just Jonah, and to to really so they could so you guys could link those up and and cut it and edit it the way you wanted it to sound. Uh, but it's a great challenge. It's really fun, you know. Uh, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I think that's inspired. You could have just brought somebody else in, you know. It's oh, we'll just get somebody else to play the song. But the fact that they basically allowed me uh, the chance to to voice this and it came out really well. Uh, it's a it's a huge it's a huge pleasure, man. It's a great it's a great pleasure. It was a pleasure to watch. It was a pleasure to listen to Ogon, Greg. <laughs> I. I, I going to say the same thing i mean uh this was the you know uh we had such a great cast and um anchored of course by josh <coughs> as peter and right. and um but i just thought this episode for darren was just kind of a tour de force um there's this great moment where you know colonel jupiter has been infected with these spores these alien spores and on the one hand you've got this uh, phone conversation between John and Jonah, where Jonah's trying to talk John down. Uh, Uh. John's increasingly nutty uh, or obsessed or however you want to put it. And, and I remember recording that and Darren's right. We did like three passes at it. One where they talked to each, where Darren was going back and forth with the voices. One where we did just John's lines, one where we did just Jonah's lines. And I don't remember exactly which, from which, but it was so much fun to watch, and there's this great moment where John is starting to lose it, and Jonah says, that's the sporks talking. So in the middle of this serious conversation, <laughs> <laughs> sporks, and, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. And again, you know, this is a serious moment. One of the things that's great uh, about the show, I think, is its ability to go from humor to drama and back at the, you know, on a, you know, to make those turns on a dime and Darren's ability to do that, um, you know, that and the pictures he has of Rob Thomas is probably why, uh, he's so great in those shows. Uh, well, you know, and that's why I want to jump in where you said that it is the ability to, to sort of shift gears, but it's organic, you know, it's not like, and here comes a joke. Uh, because everything is very realistic. Everything is, is very realistic, and, and the comedy just sort of comes out of that. Yeah, he mispronounces the word. It's a, it's a funny little bit, but it's not like, okay, here's your setup, here's your setup, and here's your delivery, and, you know, ba-bum-bum. Uh, it's very organic, and it was worked into the show really beautifully. Yeah. And this is a huge cast. I mean, I'm always sort of stunned, particularly given budgets that we have today. I mean... This episode had 19 actors in it. I know. Try that today. Yeah. I know. We brought Crispin Freeman in just to give him that little electro thing. I think he has like one line in the episode. uh, Yeah. Where 
he uh, says, I'm not Max Dillon, I'm Electro, Electro, god damn it. You know, that's what he says. But mm-hmm. like that, it's like, oh my god, I was just spending money right and left there. No <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, well, it's well, a big cast, you know. It's a big show. It's a big cast, and uh, uh, but yeah, man. Do you remember recording the pilot? I do, because we had that. Uh, <coughs> we had that tape. They were, you know, they taped it for I don't know, yeah, extra or whatever. And they, so they're like, so you guys are doing a table read, right? Because I'm sure they're used to dealing with live action shows. <laughs> exactly. Like, yes. We're like, uh, sure. We're yeah. Let's <laughs> 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 be like, go to Studiopolis and be like, do you guys even have tables? No. Exactly. Then to go find some tables. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Very beautiful. And speaking of beautiful, nothing to do with the episode itself, but how was that 10th anniversary get-together? Vic Cook posted the photos on Facebook. Uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, there, There's a great mix of people. Um, uh, you know, a cast and crew of a show like this probably has a few hundred people working on it, two or three hundred people, if you add them all up over two seasons. Um I'd say we got about 60 people. That includes spouses. So it was a pretty good turnout. It was a great space. Uh, I'll give a little shout-out to the Lincoln Brewery Company because they were really great to us, and, and uh, the space was terrific. Um, and uh, Vic, uh, Vic Cook and our uh, line producer, Wade Wazinski, uh, set the whole thing up. Um, I sent out a few uh, email invites um, because I don't know how to get on my Facebook pages anymore. I I can't figure it out because um, I'm a 20th century moron. Um, but, uh, you know, we had a, a bunch of voice actors come, a bunch of uh, post-production people, a bunch of uh, artists, a few writers. Um, Andrew Robinson was there, uh, Nicole Dubuque, uh, myself, um, Kevin Hobbs. Um, Josh Keaton was there. Josh Labar, who's so wonderful as Flash Thompson, was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Eric Lopez, who played Molten Man, and um, Vanessa Marshall, who's Mary Jane, and Andrew Cuscino, who's Kenny Kong. So we had a nice group there, uh, and it was just fun. I mean, there are people there I hadn't seen in about nine or ten years who came, and then there are people who... um, I see every day because they're working on Young Justice, like uh, Bruce King, who was one of our editors on uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, uh, is also one of the editors on Young Justice this season. And um, so, you know, I got there and I saw Bruce and I gave Bruce a big hug and I said, Bruce, man, I don't think I've seen you in like 18 hours or something, you know, kind of thing. Because uh, nice. uh, there's, you know, I'll... I'll bend over pretty far to get a laugh, um, even if it's just from Bruce. So, um, <laughs> uh, but there were people who I hadn't seen in years and years, and it was great to get together. It was a lot of fun. All right. Here's, my, uh, here's the reason I couldn't be there. I had to have my house tented for termites. So 
I could have stayed with friends or in a hotel, but I did the right thing and went to Vegas. Just for you. At first, I thought you were going to say, I had to have my house tended for termites, and I didn't get out in time, and I was stuck <laughs> in there. <laughs> Uh, it's been really difficult, man. <laughs> uh, I bonded. I started to feel really guilty. And right. <laughs> we reenacted some scenes from Breaking Bad. It was really fun. We. Had... So, are you basically uh, spoiling se- season four of Young Justice for this plotline here? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Young Justice, the, the termite roll call. That's <laughs> and they the infestation. And they reenact scenes from Breaking Bad. I love it. Green light it. Go. <laughs> go. Run with it. No, no I mean, that, that just sounds like it was such a delight. I mean... It must have been cool for just about for almost everyone to see each other again. I mean, I've I loved this show. I mean, I I was in, living in L.A. and going to school in L.A. at the time when the show was in production. I'll never forget that going down to the studio a few times. I mean, it was a lot of fun. But um, also Greg, you mentioned Nicole Dubuk. The I think this is her first episode of the series. I've met her at a couple of gatherings. She was once one of your students, wasn't she? No. Not Nicole, and it wasn't her first episode either. Uh, she definitely wrote for season one. I don't. I, I'd have to go back and check which she, episode. She, she did not write for season one, and I remember that because when I was had my season one DVD at the gathering when she was doing the autographs of the cast and crew, she said to me, "Look, I, I don't feel comfortable signing season one. I did not write for season one." Oh really? Mm. I don't know why. She must have been busy doing something else because. She worked for me on Witch, which is where I uh, really met her. Uh, and Darren did a voice on Witch, I think. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I uh, so yeah, I, uh, I Nicole uh, had been someone who had been recommended to me back when I was producing Witch, and she was great. So I've used Nicole on everything since, and, it, and she's used me, too. So it's this nice sort of symbiotic uh, thing going. And she's so incredibly, incredibly talented um, and smart. Um, and she also does voice work. Uh, she's the voice of Iris uh, West on Young Justice and... Um, and she, you know, she was a child actor. She was in Major Dad, and, um, mm-hmm. and so uh, <clears throat> she's just terrific. Um, and you know, is a producer in her own right now, and and uh, is uh, arguably way more successful than I am, um, and uh, just one of the best writers I've ever worked with. Very talented. I love her scripts and. Um... Darren, what was what would you say was your greatest memory of working on this show? I'm sure there are plenty, but oh man, you know, well, we kind of already talked about it. Uh, the doing the the pilot episode. I mean, Robert Englund and everybody, everybody was there uh, 
to kick that off. Um, there were some times, though, between, <laughs> uh, there were some times of myself, Clancy Brown, and John DiMaggio, and we're all pretty tall, you know, uh, and and, uh, <coughs> and just it, it just we're all. It, it, you know, it's a, it's a serious gig, and you know, Clancy's very, very serious, and we're all being serious, and uh, and we just looked at each other, and I can't remember who said it was me or Dimash or somebody. Just said we looked at everybody else in the room. We said you must be at least this tall to stand on this side of the microphone. You know, it's just one of those weird moments that you remember because uh, it was uh, it was just a complete non sequitur from what we were doing. But, um, oh gosh, yeah, a, a singular moment, that's impossible to, impossible to pull. But I, th- but I think the whole, the whole thing with the pilot episode and that gathering and seeing everybody and, and meeting, you know, there are a lot of people that I had not worked with, uh, that I met on that pilot, on the pilot of that, that pilot episode. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, Ben and I have, Ben Diskin and I have worked together a lot, uh, since, and, you know, and of course, uh, D was uh, Dr. Octor. I mean, uh, 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 the lizard. Um, and uh, Peter McNichol. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and Peter McNichol, who, you know, it's like I never met Peter McNichol before doing that show. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. This is crazy, man. Just great. Uh, yeah, it was real pinch me, real pinch me moment. Yeah. It happens in this episode, but it happened in previous episodes and happens again later. I really love the way you and Clancy Brown especially played off of each other as J- Jonah Jameson and as George Stacy with such opposites. Yes. I mean, you, your characters are such opposites, not just in their approach to Spider-Man, but in temperament. I mean, it's it's like two opposing forces clashing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both... Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it, forceful, uh, guys with real intent to what they're doing. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Clancy's a terrific actor, man. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm surprising anybody by saying that, but, but that guy is, is just a, he's a, he is a fantastically, fantastically good actor. Uh, what a pleasure. Uh, you know, and look at all look at all the range of stuff that he's done and still does. You know, uh, what a talent, man! What a talent. Completely. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Clancy. He's a huge fan of yours, too. And also, I'm a huge fan of Shakespeare. And Greg, you mentioned the Shakespeare that which Nicole brought in to uh, pander to you. But I love the way each of the actors and their characters approaches that. I mean, I think. Gray Delisle, Gray Griffin now's Sally Avril's audition amuses me the most. Mm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> villain, uh, smiling something villain. She auditions as a cheerleader for Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> funny. Um, uh, you know, Sally, I think, is an underappreciated character. She brings so much humor to the show, and of course, Gray's amazing, playing both Sally and Betty Brandt. Um, and Betty, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Gray is just flat-out amazing. I mean, she can make, uh, you know, I've worked with her for a long time on many different projects. She can make just about anything funny, 
It's it's crazy. It's crazy how <gasps> intrinsically funny she is. She's just she's just she can almost not not be funny. So all true. And I think uh, obviously wasn't speaking for me, but I think Josh Labar's Flash, his audition kind of speaks for some of the audience. Uh, yeah, you know, it, he hasn't prepped. He just assumes that he's the star of the high school, so obviously he'll be the star of the show. Um, and, you know, it's a big season for Flash because he gets a lot of comeuppance, which causes a lot of growth um, for the character. And um, so, you know, he has Josh Labar's Flash has this great line where he says to Peter, Shashan, she's totally immune to the Flash, not totally immune to me or my charms. Totally immune to the Flash. He refers to himself as a third person, and um, and it's just you know great stuff. Josh is another one. I mean, we were blessed on this show with a, a fantastic cast, and Josh is another one who takes a character just as Darren did, who on the surface is just okay. He's the school bully. So yeah, yeah ways to bring all this nuance to Flash so that we understand that there's a decent guy underneath and we get how down the road, even after all they go through in high school, that Peter and Flash will eventually become friends again. Um, and and that's a tough sort of, you know, road to hoe, so to speak. And, and yet, you know, Josh was able, uh, and the two Joshes playing together are just great. I mean, uh, and they're able to walk that line between antagonism and, and history and um, and nuance that, that really brings something special to the uh, party. Indeed, and um, Harry's return is continuing to play out in this episode. I think... Yeah, I watched two of them back-to-back earlier today. Is this the one where he and Gwen officially... Be- yeah, it is. He and Gwen officially become an item in this one. In this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's that scene where I love when Harry just cuts her off to call his father. Yeah, because Harry's priorities are not at all screwed up. <laughs> no, not in any way, no. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Osbournes, what a tangled web they weave. <laughs> and But like I said, I just love how the tone shifts in this episode. The scene in Ravencroft Sanitarium, I, to this day I still think is maybe the darkest scene in the entire show. Uh, oh yeah, where uh, John is in the padded room <laughs> um, and Jonah's looking in, it's, it's sad. Um, it is sad. It's really sad. Yeah. And dark. You're right. It's, 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 there's a lot of, mm, yeah. I mean, this is a guy who's a national and then, hero. And then you still get, you still get humor out of it too, because, you know, it's dark humor, but Miles and Miles Warren and Kurt Connor walk away and, and Electro shouts something and Miles says to Kurt, another one of yours? And, and they continue walking, and Kurt just looks, you know, so ashamed and everything like that. But Miles just throws out this sort of cutting line um, in there 
And again, that's what we try to achieve because I feel like that's what, well, A, I just generally feel like that's the best entertainment anyway, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being able to, to make those shifts. Uh, tragedy is more tragic if you've been laughing two seconds earlier and, and the humor is more necessary when things are dark. But I also feel like that's intrinsic to, to Spider-Man, to the property itself, to the Exactly. Well said, Greg. Well said. That's intrinsic to the property. Nicely said. Yeah. So we just were always trying to walk that line between when can we be serious? When can we um, throw out something sly? uh, uh, How do we walk that tightrope so that, you know, we're not undercutting what's serious or undercutting the comedy, but we're making them, you know, flow organically from one into the other and back again. Um, and, you know, we like, you know, uh, the work of Vic and all the artists and um, all the, you know, the, our composers and everything um, and this incredible cast and Jamie captaining them um, is just uh, allowed us to walk those lines, you know, and the great writers we had on the show and everything. It, it, Indeed, man. And what a, what a team. Wow. And it is a little bit tragic that we didn't get to go beyond two seasons. Um, cause we did have plans for John going forward and okay. Yeah. Who doesn't love man wolf, but, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Come on. Right. <laughs> Um, but part of that was, uh, derailed by forces beyond our control, but, uh, it, you know, we, I'm still really proud of the two seasons we were able to do. No doubt. No doubt. And you know what I am too, uh, because it's, it's very smart, you know, it's tough to reinvent the wheel. You know what I mean? Uh, and but this show was so smart and what you just said again and we talked about it before about that comedy coming out of it organically and it's just sort of intrinsic like life you know uh even though this is bigger than life obviously and these are superheroes and and villains and things but um uh but that's that's the thing that i that i really appreciated about this is the show is very very smart it's and it's clever uh without taking itself you know overly seriously and uh, you know what? A, it's just, just it's a very good show. It's a, I am I'm on I'm on the team of saying yeah we should have done some more of these. <laughs> we had a lot more fun to do, but it was a great experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always and I've said this many times before in the show. The cancellation of the show after after two seasons, I felt was one of the great tragedies in the animation industry. Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of my shows. So do I. So do I. Uh I mean, I feel that way about that show that begins with a G, the the characters of the wings, you know, that show I never heard of. That that I did not just get recently get tattooed on my leg. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah, that show I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know that show. I don't know that show. We're never going to do a podcast about that show. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but hey, I mean, hey, Young Justice came back, so you never know. You never right. know. 
Anything's possible. Is there anything about this episode that I haven't brought up that I've missed? Uh, you know, mm. I don't. So I mean, uh, again, there's just some there's fun stuff in it. I, I really did love the <coughs> stuff where Peter and John were working together at the fire and how well they got along and everything. And again, that sort of sets off how bad it goes later. But um, it it's just sort of charming. You sort of forget how charming they are together as a superhero teen, like Colonel Jupiter's Superman to Spidey's Batman or something like that, you know? And, uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Totally. Yeah, you know, yeah. just sort of having fun and um, you liking the hero thing? Oh, yeah, you know, that's, it's, it's great. Um, and so, I don't know, I, you know, I took a few notes last night and I think we've covered most everything. Um, uh, right. Well, I do demand one thing: a spinoff starring that parrot. Uh, Mr. Parrot, it's Steve Bloom. Mr. Parrot, yes. Yeah, Mr. Parrot and the homunculi, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, homunculi! Oh, that's great. Uh, I do remember one line. Uh, when uh, when John's when the things are going south and he's in space and uh, and uh, Jonah's talking to Robbie and I just this this sticks out this is what I should have said earlier I'm an idiot uh, but when he turns to Robbie and he's sort of getting updates and and he and he says whatever happens Robbie give it to me straight that's a really subtle nice moment and and again it's it's right there on the page and and hats off again to nicole because and and to and to the director uh, to the direction too because uh again you can't just do that big blustery you know loud gravelly voiced uh it's a, it's a touching little moment and it's revealing you know uh so i do recall that specifically yes Well, you you did such a great job of J. Jonah Jameson, and Jameson's one of those characters that has been lucky enough to have mostly really good actors portraying him. You've mentioned J.K. Simmons and Ed Asner voiced Jameson for a few years, and I and I love Ed Asner. Yeah, and I yeah, I how can you not? Yeah, but I love Ed Asner a little bit more as Uncle Ben and as a character with a Scottish accent on that show that I never heard of, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, right? Um, yeah, and, I mean. I'm in some awfully good company, and uh, and again, uh, to have been a fan of the comic book since I was a kid, <clears throat> and you know, I watched the short-lived TV show. Uh, I was just, I was, you know, nuts for it. Um, so to be part of the, to part of part of the history, and especially on this show, it's just, uh, uh, it's just a huge pleasure, a huge pleasure. Yeah, and it seems like nowadays Marvel seems to be afraid to go back to the J. Jonah Jameson role. He's missed out in the last three movies. I don't know what they've done with him in, or if anything, in the recent cartoon shows. But um, they've been really downplaying him for a few years. And I kind of wonder if that's just because they feel that J.K. Simmons did leave big shoes to fill. Which, by the way, you definitely did fill. So Marvel, if you're listening and you're coming <laughs> for live-action Jameson, all this man needs to do is grow a mustache. <laughs> That's right. Give me a mustache and a different haircut. I'm ready to go, baby. 
And I, and I just love Cheeks' design for Jameson on this show. He has an exclamation point on his face. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> oh, that's beautiful. Yes. All right. Well, I think we're mostly wrap things up. Do either of you have any projects you want to promote? Oh, boy. Uh, Not off the top of my head. Uh, I think I'm going to do Butch Hartman's podcast in the near future. Um, And did you say projects or podcasts? Uh, Projects. (laughs) (laughs) I'm recovering from the flu. I still have a sore throat. I apologize. (laughs) Not at all. No, it's it's me. we oh boy, we just wrapped up a, a bunch of episodes of the new Looney Tunes, which is a really great show. I hope they start airing it here. It's been airing in the UK and and really doing well over there. Uh, and I I don't do any of the of the standard Mel Blanc characters, but I have a lot of new ancillary characters, which are a lot of fun. Um, of another show that the DreamWorks is doing that I can't talk about yet, so probably not worth mentioning right now uh, but I think it's going to come out in May and I'm not sure what the format is but uh, but uh, very good show so yes uh, that's about it on my end and Greg? Uh, over here I've still got uh, my latest novel uh, World of Warcraft Traveler The Spiral Path uh, came out just a week or so ago um, Available in paperback as an ebook um, wherever books are sold. Um, it's the second book in the Traveler series. I wrote both of the first two books. Uh, also, my own Reign of the Ghost series, um, which uh, the, bo- the first two books in that series are both available Reign of the Ghosts and Spirits of Ash and Foam. And you can also find the Reign of the Bo- Ghosts. Uh, full cast audio play with music, sound effects. It's like a, a four-hour movie in your head. Uh, it's available on uh, gumroad.com slash reign of the ghosts. Reign is R-A-I-N and ghosts is plural. Um, mm. Or mm-hmm. it's also available on Audible, ACX, Amazon uh, to be downloaded as well. So, um, and that pretty much covers it. Otherwise, it's pretty much Young Justice for me nonstop. <laughs> nonstop. And we already plugged it, but uh, check out uh, iZombie Season 4 now Now running on the CW. Uh, Johnny Frost will return. <laughs> I will have to check it out now. I didn't even realize you were on that, but, I'm, but I know you are. I'm going to give it a look. All right. I think you'll enjoy it. It's very, it's again, another smart show that's that's funny. And uh, intriguing, and uh, yeah, some again. Uh, boy, does it start on the I, page, man. There's some great writers. I really recommend iZombie. I mean, I was a huge Veronica Mars fan, and before that, Cupid. Um, mm-hmm. iZombie is just terrific. It's another great show from a great creator. Um, and, indeed, uh, indeed. Yeah. Fun. It's really nice to be in that stable of Rob Thomas actors. Uh, uh, he's, he's just a, a delightful guy. He's a delightful human being. And again, super smart, very funny. And, uh, uh, you know, I just, you know, I show up to work every once in a while. And you guys, uh, you know, Greg, you, I mean, 
you put in the real work. Let's let's put it that way. And you basically give us something great and fun to do. So thank you. Uh, you're welcome, and thank you for making it work. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can put words on a page, but you know, you guys are you guys bring it to life, and um, and we really appreciate it. It's oh man. It's a symbiotic relationship, pun intended. Indeed, it is. Pun intended, and you know what? It's it's very true. It's uh, it's a craft. It's a it's a team. It's always a team of people. I love it. I just last. I know we're wrapping it up, but uh, Alice and Jenny made me laugh so hard at the Oscars when she got up to accept her award and said, "I did it all by myself." <laughs> I thought that was that was the greatest one liner I've heard in a long time. It was so good. Nice. Yeah. Well, I would like like to thank you both for coming on, Darren. It was a pleasure speaking with you again. I mean, I'd have a really good time speaking with you in person back at the 09 gathering, and hopefully I'll run into you in, at a con again sometime. And Greg, once again, thank you for continuing to do this with us every, every month. It is really appreciated. Uh, it's always fun. Thanks, Greg. Yes, thank thanks, you. Greg. Much appreciated. Uh, and, my, and again, it's truly my pleasure. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine, believe me. And I hope our listeners enjoy this interview and tune in next month where we finish up the uh, the second Venom arc, and then we're going to jump into the Gang War arc shortly after that. We're in the single digits now. We're almost we're getting close to wrapping up this entire podcast. One second to explain why Spider Menace isn't behind bars. Pleasure to see you too, Jonah. Maybe I can help. You heard about this Colonel Jupiter? You mean your son? Well, that's beside the point. What's the point? Here's the point. He single-handedly rescued a billion people from a fire covering 90 city blocks. Deputize him, and he'll have the web head on a chain gang in 5.1 seconds. <laughs>